hello and welcome to episode 75 of the 1099 for the week of January 16th, 2017. I'm your host, Josiah Auden, and we are doing something a little different, but kind of the same today. So uh, we did something similar to this last year, and last week we counted down. Here are the top 10 games of 2016 with Tom McShay, with Joe Noop, with Carolyn Pettit, and it was a really fun show. A lot of arguing, a lot of talk about is Uncharted 4 actually good, and somehow Overwatch might have won. I don't want to spoil it. It got really close at the end there. Um, but now we're doing the top 10 most anticipated games of 2017. Uh, we have a new Nintendo console coming. We have the Scorpio at, at some point. Um, this is the second big year of VR. There's just so many games that also got pushed out of 2016 into 2017. So this is just something I really wanted to do. And I think we, I think, I think the same guest was on a similar podcast last year. So with me today is MMA aficionado, lifelong gamer, and the host of the Bushido Talk podcast, Tommy Toehold. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. And we, it was uh, last year, we did the very same so. uh, podcast, so I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to be back. Yeah, this year, the kind of plan, as we were talking about right before recording, is a little bit similar to how we do the game of the year, where we're going to go back and forth, where I'm going to name a game, and then Tommy's going to name a game. We're going to explain why it should be on this list. Uh, we'll compile, we have a list of 15, we're going to narrow down to a list of 10. And we're not going to exactly order it, you know, 1 to 10. That's kind of hard to do with anticipated. We're going to have one game that is the most anticipated, and then we'll have a top 10. That's the 9 on the list. So we will have a definite, definite clear, this is the game we are most excited about, and move from there. So, uh, yeah, just reading from the list. Uh, wait, Tommy, did we not, do we not have Mass Effect in this list? Are you excited for Mass Effect? You know what? I, this is going to sound like blasphemy. Uh-huh. I never played Me too. Mass Effect games. Me All right. Too. There we okay. Go. okay. Fuck perfect. that game. Who cares? <laughs> <Mass> exactly. <laughs> I heard the ending of the third one was terrible. Yeah. I'm not playing them. I don't yeah. know. That's I, I, Everyone just turned off the podcast, <laughs> but that's fine. All right. Here is our <laughs> top 15 games that we kind of put together that we're going to narrow down. So uh, starting from the top, Horizon Zero Dawn, Sea of Thieves, Ukulele, Detroit, Becoming Human, Pyre. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Cuphead, Red Dead Redemption 2, Hello Neighbor, Below, Perception, Metal Gear Survive, and Resident Evil 7. Metal Gear Survive is like this weird trepidation of like, I'm excited to see what the hell that thing is, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> there's, a, there's a weird nature to that one. So uh, Yes. Yes. So we are going to just kind of start from... I will start, I guess it's my podcast, and I should probably do that, uh, and let's see, the game I want to start with, let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, because that All is right. coming out soon. I, I, am I crazy to say that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out in like February or March? Um, let me see if there's actually, yeah, February, I February 28th. Might, yeah, it is. Which yep. is like six weeks away, so that thing is, like, the anticipation is, is really getting big for this one, but I, I want to remind everyone that Horizon Zero Dawn is being made by the Killzone team. And I know that, like, everyone probably knows that he's amped about this game, but, like, it's so strange to see you going from Killzone, which, especially with 2 and 1, there's this, like, muddy, grungy, gritty war battlefield kind of nature to it where you're. it kind of feels like sometimes you're moving through molasses. It's very, you know, heads are exploding. There's these soldiers with big, you know, Darth Vader-like outfits and red glowing eyes. Like, this vibrant, interesting colorful world uh it's, it's, it's to me it's like they finally got released from their like development dens after years and years being under there and they suddenly go out to the real world and like holy shit there's color out here <laughs> like it's not just this like monochromatic world why didn't anyone tell us this like they've only been watching black and white tv and they're suddenly let free um and that's slightly unfair because killzone 3 did have some color to it but there's something about horizon uh, there aren't many games that i've run into recently that you can look at and honestly go I've never seen anything like this before, and that's what Horizon feels to me. It feels like this interesting open-world action game that actually looks like the combat is fun, which is something that you think about Grand Theft Auto, Saints Row, even like Mafia 3 recently, and where like the combat's usually passable and sometimes can be exciting, but it's not about that. It's about the world building. It's about the story. It's about the things surrounding the actual combat, but this looks like just as much fun to actually play the game in terms of you know shooting arrows and stopping these giant weird dinosaur creatures in this odd post-apocalyptic type of world that also kind of looks like it's prehistoric, uh, as it is to experience the actual visuals, experience what's going on with the story. So it's it looks amazing to play. 
And, you know, Killzone games were always, to me, fun to play. There was this very uh, deliberate way to the, the, the manner in which you move that I think maybe will carry over to a certain extent. And again, this, this future dinosaur setting, the characters, it's, it's, it's all grabbing me in a way that I just don't feel like there's much out there like this. Uh, there is still some trepidation where, like, especially recently, um, Watch Dogs 2 sticks out, Mafia 3 definitely sticks out, where they have this great setup, this great setting, and they don't stick the landing in terms of giving you enough interesting things to do right. throughout the actual game, where suddenly you're just like, oh, I'm liberating this other area, oh, oh, I'm doing this exact same type of mission to lead to the exact same other type of mission, and I'm going from district to district to do this. And there's definitely a worry for that. Am I just going to climb these giant, like, Shadow of the Colossus-like dinosaur creatures, get up there, reveal this part of the map, do a couple of quests, and keep doing that over and over? For me, Horizon will succeed if it is a sharp, tight 20-hour experience rather than a bloated, kind of repetitive 40 or 50-hour experience. And that, that seems obvious, but I just feel like a lot of open-world games have missed the mark on that, where they're so worried about the hour count rather than the enjoyment you get out of those hours you play. So uh, I think I'm a pretty busy guy. I value my time. Again, I would rather have a shorter game that really hits me than a longer game that, you know, like, I guess I got my money's worth, but I just wish this would have been more fun throughout. So that's kind of like the the upside downside of horizon but i am super into it i will probably buy it in launch day and maybe even do a podcast about it but yeah horizon zero dawn i am adding it to the top 10 of most anticipated games of the year hey that's a strong argument it's gorgeous <laughs> uh the gameplay looks different and fun like you said uh you're right there's a little bit of hesitation uh, for the very reasons that you mentioned but uh, I agree. I mean, it, it does look uh, really exciting. It, it almost had made my top 10 as well. So uh, certainly looking forward to it, and I'll probably get it on launch day as well. All right, let's go uh, with your game next. Okay, I'm going to go with Resident Evil 7. Uh, oh, man. I know, okay. I know, I know. So <laughs> Resident Evil 7 is a game that, I'll be honest, I have not been uh, anticipating a Resident Evil game since probably Resident Evil 2. Um, you know, uh, the, the series has not been that fantastic, at least for me. I, I love Resident Evil 4. I think most people do. Um, uh, but I didn't even anticipate that one. That wasn't a game where I was like, oh, I can't wait. It was a game that yeah. came out and everyone was like, this is game is really good. You should probably play it. <laughs> so I got it and I was like, oh, that was never played five, never played six. Um, and you know, I was not, when, when I heard that a 7 was coming out, I thought, eh, whatever. But the direction they're going, and I think this has more to do with... They can thank uh, Hideo Kojima for this, actually. Because uh, when I played PT uh, through that, that PT trailer uh, that was supposed to be Silent Hills, and of course that game was canceled, but that experience, that was one of the first games I had played sort of in that genre, I guess. the I don't know what we would call that now um yeah haunted house uh, genre first person <laughs> right <laughs> first person repeating room genre like i don't know right 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 you know some sort of uh bizarre new uh amalgamation of genres but whatever the case is uh you know i had never played like amnesia or any of those other games that were sort of similar in style uh but that game really hit me and i thought wow this is you know such a great idea i can't wait to play it of course the game was canceled and then here comes uh this this resident evil 7 demo uh in very similar fashion and they claim theirs was in development before it and that they, you know, had no knowledge of Oh, I don't really care. <laughs> I yeah, mean, sure. if they ripped it off or not, doesn't matter to me because uh, it has a very similar play style. I don't know if it's going to end up going down the route of the majority of Resident Evil games, which is just like hokiness and a story that is just absolutely over the top and ridiculous, which is sometimes fun. I hope it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, I, I do yes. hope there is some like classic Resident Evil hokiness to it. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling it'll have that um, at some point. But uh, I do think they did a great job in that trailer with the atmosphere, or the demo, I should say. Um, and I, I was hooked. I was on it. I enjoyed it. And if the game is going to play like that throughout, I think it's a great change of pace from this sort of uh, action movie genre that they had previous uh, that had sort of uh, been these uh, over-the-top versions of Resident Evil 4 that just kept getting more over-the-top. So uh, I'm yeah. I'm down for this change of pace uh, to a, a long storied franchise, and uh, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. So in terms of anticipation, they've got my attention, and I'm intrigued, and I'm looking forward to uh, playing that genre of game again, which again I haven't had a lot of experience with. 
And one of the weirder parts about this for me as a former game reviewer is like how people are going to handle the like the VR nature yeah. of some of this along with the like because there's like an Xbox One of course is not going to have VR involved with it like when you're developing a game and again like I was a part of the Here They Lie team which is eventually coming to 2D and also has the the PSVR version it's like that balance between how much does this feel like did you make it so that it feels like it needs VR versus it's still just as enjoyable and just as engrossing in a non-VR setting? Like, a lot of times, in terms of, like, set pieces, you have to think about VR. Like, where's their head going to be turned? How do we make certain sounds so their heads are flipping toward a certain section of the game? Because, you know, in a regular 2D game, a linear game, you can guide people. You can, like, even take control away and push them in a certain direction. You can't really take control away in VR. You're always turning your head. You're looking behind you, looking left and right. Yeah. So I'm just fascinated on how they actually stick this landing because, like you, it's Resident Evil 4, I think, is a fantastic game. The Resident Evils before, interesting, too. And then it just kind of hit 5, which for me was dull. And then whatever the fuck, the next, what was it, 6 came out, and that was the most <laughs> bizarre, awful thing. Like, it's, it's in this weird place where they needed to do something to this degree. They couldn't just make, like, all right, same thing, here comes the, like, Leon again right. or something, and it's another over-the-shoulder. Like, that doesn't work. But, uh, yeah, in terms of anticipation, this almost falls into the Metal Gear Survive category yeah. of just, like, what is this? Like, I don't know if it's going to be good, but goddamn, if I'm not just fascinated by what people are saying about it. Maybe it comes out and it gets, like, rave reviews and suddenly we're all playing Resident Evil again. Or maybe it comes out and it's just the weirdest thing that no one can even grasp onto. So, yeah, I think it's a fascinating choice. You nailed it. You're right. It's one of those things where it's like, this is either going to be fantastic or maybe it's a giant disaster. But I, I'm, either way, I can't wait. Totally. It's going to be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, my next game is a weird one, but it kind of harkens back to the type of games that I used to like during like N64 days. And that's uh, Ukulele. Because it's it's such a weird looking thing. So just some kind of background. Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie. Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64, those are some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, if I was going to make a top five list, list Banjo-Kazooie would be in that list. Like, that's how much those games impacted me uh, just back in those days. 3D platformers really hold this special place in my heart. Uh, and Ukulele is the ultimate, can they work in 2017 test? Because if you look at this game, you know, there's a lot of ex-rare people, a lot of people who helped right. make Banjo-Kazooie. It's... It is technically a reskin of Banjo-Kazooie, not in terms of the actual levels and stuff like that, but it's two characters with somewhat similar abilities. There's Yuka and Laylee. I mean, come on. It's it's really, it's right in front of you. Right. Uh, and even the way the characters talk with like that wah, 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 wah kind of thing, whenever they talk and there's these weird noises that come out, that's in there. There's collectibles. The, the environments are just as colorful and vibrant, and it has this really great look. It looks like it has the exact same tight controls you want from a game like that. It looks like it's Hopefully going to have that right balance where there's a lot of things to collect, but not so much that you're kind of getting overwhelmed just enough that you want to keep actually exploring all the corners of these different environments. But I just go back to, can this style of game work in 2017? And also, how much have they learned since Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie? And how much can they carry over into making this feel modern, into actually making this feel like something that is not like, oh, this is a cool throwback, but it's not, I don't want to stick with it. Um, when I was talking on the Game of the Year podcast last week, I talked about the recent Ratchet & Clank game, which is a, a re-release to a certain extent of the first game ever, uh, but modernized in terms of the visuals, in terms of uh, some of the, the, the dialogue had changed, the, the level design, different things added, uh, and it did the rare thing where it made you feel like you were playing an old game, but like... You know when you look at a game and you're like, oh, that game is so great. And you go back and you play it and it's just dog shit. And you're like, oh, right. I was, this does not hold up at all. Uh, Jeff Force Gemini is one that stands out. Where like when I was a kid, they're like, Jeff Force Gemini is great. Jeff Force Gemini is not great. Jeff Force Gemini plays like ass. Like that game <laughs> right, right. is not great. But this Ratchet and Clank game made me feel like, one, I was playing Ratchet and Clank all over again. And two, it felt better than it ever had before in this weird way where it's this nostalgia trip that actually lives up to what is in your memory. And... If Ukulele can pull that off, if it can make me feel like I'm playing Banjo-Kazooie all over again, if it uh, just kind of advances certain design aspects, and if it looks as good throughout as I hope it does, and you know, the performance is there, the frame rate's there, it's it's right around the top of my list of games. Just, again, this is one of, like, I have this really soft spot for classic turn-based JRPGs and these 3D platformers, but a lot of that doesn't translate to modern times, and I would love to see... I don't need a renaissance. I don't need, like... 
when Street Fighter 4 came out and suddenly there's all these fighting games because they're hip again. I just want one really good 3D platformer that reminds me why I love those games and makes me love them from an entirely new perspective. So can they do it? It's a, I'm fucking asking a lot. So I, I don't <laughs> entirely know if they can pull it off, but it just stands out to me as this 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 chance to like remind me why I love a genre that like back in the day was my favorite genre. So I'm adding ukulele to the list of the 10 most anticipated games. That's uh, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like there's become sort of this huge market for um, nostalgic games, not like literally taking the game that you had and, and bringing it up again. But like you said, same developers, same concept. Hey, remember this and, and how much you loved it as a kid? Well, here's the, you know, the newest version of that. Um, oh, totally. Uh, you know, obviously it didn't work out very well for Mighty Number no. 9, but uh, <laughs> not to say that this is going that route, uh, but it certainly is uh, something that has been very prevalent uh, as of late, and especially as, you know, gamers from that era become, uh, you know, adults like us and, and want to look back at those games, like you said, or play a, you know, a, a slightly more modern version of such a game. So it uh, definitely looks interesting. I never really got into the banjo games uh, as a kid. I knew they were, uh, you know, I, I had neighbors that thought they were great and I'd heard they were awesome. Um, but with my yeah. limited N64 budget, uh, we just didn't really get a lot of them. Uh, so I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get to play much of the banjo games, the two that were, that were available, but um, from all accounts, incredible games. And, and like you said, the 3d collectathon is fun and you know, it's uh if it's done right, it can be a blast uh, from start to finish. So definitely looking forward to that one as well. Uh, I will probably pick that one up. I will. I definitely will. You should. Maybe this will actually be your real chance to play it. Right. Machine, and then I'll go and, back and, and play those. Modern. And then I'll be like, wait, these are Oh, and then you'll be like, comparison. these are dog yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So. Uh, all right. So let's go for, uh, to the fourth game. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Hello Neighbor. Uh, now, this was uh, okay. this is a game that is is available currently um in an alpha form uh it's one mm. of those uh you know games that i maybe never gets done i think it'll get done uh but essentially it is um another genre that's sort of popped up recently stealth horror you know like uh you're being chased okay so i'll give you the mm -hmm. premise uh your neighbor seems to be up to something no good and you you invade his house you break into his home uh but you're trying <laughs> okay. to avoid your neighbor uh, the the visuals are very much uh cartoony it's not a serious looking game the house looks ridiculous um i would say it's it's tim burton with more color like that is the way i would describe oh, not, it yeah i'm seeing style. it right now it looks really interesting yeah yeah and uh what's fascinating about this game to me not necessarily the gameplay as much i mean that is fun uh, i do enjoy many many different uh, stealth genres and um, it does a good job with like sound design and, uh, it, it does give the, the, the level of tension when you're not sure where he's at. Um, because again, I've been, I've been able to play the alpha. Um, it, it is interesting, but what's really intriguing to me is this game has one of those stories that a lot of indie games are trying to utilize now where there's so little given to you. But there's so much depth if you really dig into it and you really look around. Um, and that is actually the reason I'm so interested in it. You can already on YouTube, there are tons of theory videos. You know, who is this man? What has he done? Uh, is he bad? Is he good? There's, it, it's, it's so vague uh, that it, it makes it intriguing to me. And I love that sort of uh, style of game. You know, for... Uh, as ridiculously simple and uh, silly as like the Five Nights at Freddy's games are. Um, I love that the guy that made those games had tried to infuse this ridiculously complex lore in a game yeah. that you would not, I mean, if, if you played it for 20 minutes, you would just be like, okay, well, yeah, some animatronics pop up and scare me. Uh, <laughs> so that is the reason why, uh, in addition to, like I said, the gameplay has been intriguing and fun. And uh, each update, they've, they've added more things. And who knows what this will be by the time uh, it's actually released uh, some point later this year. But uh, that style of storytelling is really fun to me. And I love sort of digging in and looking around for clues and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. No, I, I think that is super interesting. I mean, it's very different, but if you look at something like The Witness, where you're kind of put in this place and not right. given a lot, and you're really discovering a lot as you go, uh, and similar with, um, 
oh, why can't I think of it right now? The name of it, there is, uh, there's like a the, the little the little hat on the dude's head. Oh my god, this is gonna. What is that game with all those mysteries in it? Fez, holy shit! Oh yeah! Oh yeah. my god, I really thought <laughs> I was gonna forget that name of that game. Uh, Fez, where like there's so much, you, you get this initial layer, and then you realize there's like 18 other layers to it, and of course it's not the same type of thing, but. I also like the fact that this game you're mentioning as I look through it, uh, it just looks like something there's not a lot like it out there. Like, it is a new idea, and it's so hard to successfully implement a new idea in games. Like, there's, yeah. there's just so many things that have already been done, and especially on a PC game like this that you can put in alpha and test a lot, you can take more risks. And that's, again, that's always where there's that fascination with indie games where you're playing things that couldn't be done otherwise. Certainly. But, yeah. I had no idea this was even coming out. So, like, I am now super into it. I need to play my PC more this year. That's another one. That's my, that's my resolution is to play my PC more <laughs> hey, this year. Hey, same here. So maybe this I will agree. be on that list. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm putting that on the list. So we have four games so far. See, we're almost halfway into this. Yeah. Uh, my next game is a weird one. Um, speaking of Banjo-Kazooie, did you know that Rare is making a new game? No. <laughs> Which, like... The, I feel like I was talking earlier about how Gorilla was stuck in this development base, just making black and white games. I feel like Rare has been stuck in an even deeper base below Gorilla, and they've only <laughs> been making Xbox avatars. Like, they've just been, like, churning <laughs> out different outfits for Xbox avatars, and they were just let out and like, hey, we need you to make a game now. Uh, so Sea of Thieves is the game they're making. Yes. And it's, it's a weird thing, because, like, a lot of people keep yelling, like, why can't Rare just make more Rare games? Just, like, make another game like you always love like the people who made those games are not at rare anymore rare is an entirely new studio right. maybe there's some holdovers but i think people forget that just because the name of the brand is there doesn't mean the people are there's a lot of turnover uh but what they're doing is still fascinating me like there aren't if you think about it there aren't a lot of good pirate games out there no uh there's a lot of bad pirate games out there there's also uh there was a pirates of the caribbean game that was canceled like I'm not kidding, like, 10 years ago. That was supposed to be for, like, 360 or something. And it looked really amazing, like, actually, like, open world, like, going on a boat and, you know, kind of just exploring mm -hmm. and bringing crews together. Uh, and that's kind of what this is. Sea of Thieves is this, like, I think it's first person. I need to check again. It, it's this, uh, like, crew-based game where you're it's constantly online. You're putting together a crew to run a ship. You know, you're assigning a captain or whatever. You're going up against different crews. Uh, Overwatch recently, and I talk about it all the time, I'm sorry everyone who's listening, but uh, <laughs> Overwatch is even more than normal made me appreciate just kind of finding a group, partying up, and having like a, a weekly or nightly ritual with a game. Just like, hey, we're getting on at 8, we're going to play for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever, like let's let's get on normal time. And it's, it's this like really fun thing that I used to do a lot more in like high school and college with uh, like Uncharted 2, where it's like, hey, we're going to just play every night for a bit with these friends you catch up you have fun uh and that seems like something that could be really cool in sea of thieves where you get together with this group of like four or five people and maybe recruit some other people meet some people that way and be like we're gonna get this ship together we're gonna fucking sail across the seven seas and we're going to mess up some other crews with our way better ship like <laughs> we are going to just get a cannon and fuck you up and uh there's kind of a cool cartoony style to it uh you yeah. can apparently from what i was reading you can you can craft your own stories like, oh, nice. you can kind of build out, like, hey, this is this sort of narrative we're going on, and maybe someone else can crash into it. So it almost sounds like Westworld, but instead of, like, cowboys, it's pirates, which <laughs> I'm super into that idea. Um, and the biggest kind of is issue I might have or, like, worry I have is, like, when's the last time Rare made a good game? Uh, right. <laughs> Like, you're going into this, like I said, like, it's a different team. It's a, it's a, it's a new kind of thing they're doing. Um, and it's ambitious, which is awesome. I love seeing, you know, teams try new things that actually feel like new ideas. And a lot of these games in this list follow that. They, they're, they're stuff we haven't really seen before. Um, but I just don't really know the pedigree of the people on Rare right now. Um, I, I don't really know exactly, you know, what the final product's going to look like. And with any of these games, we don't. But this one, I just have no idea. Um, but in concept, I'm really fascinated by what this could be, this idea of here's my custom pirate on this custom ship. We all have different duties. Maybe there's like, can you do like suddenly take over the captain on your own boat? Can you like be like, all right, fuck all you guys and start stabbing people like and just, like kind of hitman your way through everyone, all your friends on the ship. And suddenly it's just your ship. Like, how crazy can this game get? And am I just making it sound cooler than what it is? Uh, my imagination might be. 
<laughs> going a little bit too deep in this one, but like that's what I want to do. I want to be able to like mutiny suddenly, and now you're right. the ship, or you're working with another crew on the inside, and yeah, th- stuff like that. So, Sea of Thieves, adding it to the list, I'm fascinated to a certain, not to the Resident Evil degree, where I think it's either going to be like. Where there's like this weird cautious optimism, but there is some caution in me being excited about this game. Yeah, you know, it. uh, the visual style is one of the things that really drew me in. I love that cartoony style, um, and it just looks beautiful. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Um, And you're right, I think with games like this, at least maybe from the material that we've seen so far, it does sort of give you, lets your mind run wild. Like, oh my god, I could do a, you know, 100 million things, and whether we can or yeah. not is, is to be seen, but it certainly does lend itself to that feeling. So, uh, absolutely, it looks uh, very interesting. It's a fascinating game. All right, that's that's half half the list is done. So just a quick recap, we have uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Resident Evil 7, Ukulele, Hello Neighbor, and Sea of Thieves. Uh, Tommy, let's put this sixth game on the list. I gotta go with Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, you know, all right. Just, I know <laughs> it, it got revealed yesterday, um, or I should say, uh, there was at least a trailer for it yesterday. I don't know if they had announced it previous yeah. to that, but uh, they had man. like at least known there was going to be a new Mario game. But yeah, the actual name and the fact that Mario might not be human was not known at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, very interesting trailer. Uh, it's so great to see, you know, and, and I guess it, you can call it nostalgia or whatever, but. Nintendo, they sure know how to package things. And uh, and all yeah. those presentations yesterday, I mean, I was so on board for the Switch. And uh, and this game in particular, it, it's just... The thing about Mario games, and I think a lot of fans of, of that genre will agree with me, I think everybody has been wanting Mario 64. Like, you know, we, hmm. we love the Mario games. We loved Sunshine, but he had this weird water pack on. It's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I would say I would say we liked Sunshine. We weren't, we okay, weren't willing to tell true. Sunshine we that's loved it, point. but we definitely had feelings for Sunshine. Right. We yeah, we had feelings for it. I, that's a good point. I, it wasn't as good as, uh, as as some of the others in the uh, series. Um, and then you yeah. go into Galaxies, and those games are fun, uh, but it definitely has a different feel, right? You have this weird sort of space vibe and you're on all these very, you know, these circular little planets and things. Um, it just feels like not, there's not any game uh, that has come out since Mario 64 that really feels like Mario 64. This game yeah. looks like that. Okay. Yeah. He's got a hat that's alive and sentient apparently. Uh, but oh, God. <laughs> this could be a horror game. This might go down your like actual trend of horror games. Like there's Mario being way smaller than everyone. There's a hat with eyes. Like Bowser's wearing this sick ass white tuxedo. By the way, like, your tweet about uh, Mar- about Bowser <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, I accidentally God. memed during that thing where suddenly I tweeted that and then like my mentions just start <laughs> exploding. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> no, so funny. You're right. Definitely okay. So it's definitely got some uh, oddities, interesting things. Obviously, the environment is certainly uh, going to be a bit different than other games. But it, for the first time when I watched a Mario trailer, I was like, that feels like Mario 64. So whether it is like that or not, I don't know. Uh, but I'm 100% on board. I loved um, 3D World, even though it was obviously like a little bit different of a camera and, and, and uh, play style. Uh, but I did really enjoy it. And I'm always down for a Mario adventure. Uh, I love them. I, I have a lot of fun. So absolutely anticipating that and that'll be one i pick up right away yeah it's uh so i was a little bit less impressed with the switch presentation just because i was so ready to fall in love with a nintendo switch i haven't had a console nintendo console since i think the n64 i might have like had a gamecube but it was like well after its you know, right, expiration right. date it was just like at the very end when it was like here here have this weird lunchbox with a handle for 20 dollars kind of thing um but like that presentation kind of it didn't have enough games, I think was my issue. Because, okay, I am the ad- I pre-ordered it. I've bitched about that thing more than maybe anyone <laughs> on the internet, but I pre-ordered it, so who am I? Um, and this is one of the reasons. The two reasons are Zelda and Mario. And the fact that we're getting both in one year is insane. Um, yeah. And not normal. Because, like, my hope for the Switch is that it's, you know, we don't have... Let's eliminate the handhelds. Let's have one super... And it technically is a handheld. But let, let's have one super Nintendo console. Let's have every single Nintendo game on here. Because at that point... Who cares about third parties? Like when right. you, if you put all the resource Pokemons are on here, if uh, like if the the Metroid is on here, if the Mario is on here, if the Zelda is on here, then like I don't give uh, an f about like your third parties. That's all I need. I, I want a Nintendo machine. And the presentation 
didn't really give me that. It kind of was like, all right, we got this game where you punch people. Um, we got like one, two switch where you're milking cows and shit. And, uh, thank you very much. But Mario itself really like you're doing it all over again. Um, so no, I think it's hundred percent on this list. I think that again, right. the idea of Mario around real humans in a city bouncing off a car was almost like my brain couldn't process it. I was like, this, I don't really know if I've actually processed it yet where I'm like, did that, uh, it is one of those games that, uh, for some reason made me pre-order <laughs> a goddamn switch for some reason. So it was so uh, crazy. Yeah, it should totally be on this list. Um, let's see. What else should I fight for here? How about, you know, let's keep on a Nintendo track. Let's do this. I think Breath of the Wild should be on this list. Um, so yeah. let's, it, this is on both of our lists. We talked about this before. So I, I, let's put it on. Um, so similar to Mario, like I played, I, you know, of course I played Mario 64 and I played some of Sunshine. I beat Sunshine, but that feels like I didn't fall in love with it. I, for some reason, skipped the Galaxy games, which I've been told by a lot of people are some of the best games ever, but, um, Alrighty. yeah. So similar with that, like with the legend of Zelda, the last one, the yeah. last actual mainline Zelda game I played on a console was Majora's mask. Um, yeah, I am a big Zelda fan too, but I, I didn't like all those other games. Uh, I'm trying to think there was twilight princess. There was, yeah. uh, wind waker. There was skyward sword. Yeah. I only played pieces of wind waker. I, I never beat it. Um, I don't know Whoa. why I just fell off of Nintendo in a way where like I never really got in back into Zelda games and like I feel like this is the time <laughs> like this is me waking up from my Zelda sleep and like actually playing this Wind game. Waker. Uh, it looks amazing. Um, it's it seems like it's taking Zelda in the right direction where they realize they can't just keep making like all right we're gonna have like six temples. He's gonna go through the very similar story. We have a new Navi type of creature or whatever. Like they're like okay no we're we're blowing this up and. I'll admit that I'm not huge into open <laughs> worlds very often, which I think is something I've said in this podcast, where I get very easily overwhelmed when I'm, like, on Skyrim and suddenly there's 800 different quests, and I'm like, I can't deal with it. My brain computer cannot right. process what's going on. Like, I get, like, ADD with that shit. Um, and what I'm hoping with this is because it's, cause it's still a Zelda game and it's trying to appeal to everyone, I don't think they're going to blow it out with, like, massive open world where there's constant quests everywhere and you need a craft to survive and all this stuff. I think what Nintendo's going to do is blend right. the best of those types of games. Uh, the, the side quests, the, the making better weapons and armor and stuff like that uh, with what's always worked with them with Zelda. So I think there'll be a certain level of depth, but not so much that it feels like a Skyrim. And that's exactly where I want to be. Like that's, I want almost the, the uh, like, the sense that I have this big open world in front of me, but not so big that suddenly I'm just like, I can't play this anymore. So that's what I really hope from Nintendo. And that's what I'm seeing from a lot of this. Um, I not kidding. As I just mentioned, I literally pre-ordered a switch because I don't have a Wii U and I want to play this game as soon as it comes out. Um, so I just spent $300 for the sake of a single game as right. Of right now. So that says a lot about breath of the wild. Uh, visually it's stunning. Um, that trailer during the switch event was something else. Like I'm, I'm in, if they, if they can incorporate kind of more story into this more actual kind of visual flourish with the story and present in a certain way, maybe link will talk, who knows? Uh, like, like I, I, I'm really ready for something like this. And I have, you know, of course I, like I said, Majora's Mask is the last game that I really devote. I, I completely 100% yeah. in Majora's Mask. And then from there, I just kind of, played bits and pieces of other ones but not enough to ever finish them like i'm ready for this this is i could take this on the go with me i could like i could be in my bed right. playing zelda which is just awesome um so i we're gonna i i'm super into this i i think uh, legend of zelda breath of the wild is on this list oh it's 100 percent on this list I, I it's everything you just said i totally agree with and and i'm one that uh has uh, played through the other ones in the series. I did not actually finish Skyward Sword. That is the only one uh, I did not finish. Um, but I love Wind Waker. I think I played Wind Waker three times. Um, oh, and I, I just, that, that style I just love. I love the style of that game and the aesthetic. Uh, you're right, though, with the Zelda games, and maybe people are going to be upset when I say <laughs> this, but the story of a Zelda game is usually just a steaming pile of garbage. Yep. I mean, like, it, it has beautiful atmosphere, and it makes things feel very epic, 
but when he actually comes down to a story, it it sucks. Um, so I'm hoping, like you said, uh, with that trailer, it did sort of feel like hey, maybe there's going to be a really good story here. I hope so. Um, you know, something that we can sink our teeth into and care about the characters and and everything else. So a hundred percent down for that sort of change to the to the series. Um, and like you said, it it does feel like they're sort of taking the best of some of these other genres that people love um, or tropes in this genre and adding it to the Zelda formula without sort of just completely ripping it to shreds and being like, okay, we just want Skyrim, but with Zelda skin, yeah. you know, um, which I, I totally agree. I don't. Okay. I love those open world games. Um, I, I played the hell out of fallout Four. uh, I even got Skyrim remastered, even though I haven't really touched it yet, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I do enjoy those games. Um, but you're right. You're never going to really experience the vast majority of the content in those games. I mean, I mean, you could, but you're going to be playing for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, uh, you and I, you know, we don't have a lot of time to play games uh, <laughs> often. So uh, I prefer a, a game that's a little bit more streamlined. And it does look like the, the Legend of Zelda will be that way. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a console buyer. It's one of those things that, like you said, it, it's the reason you got this thing. And I feel the same way. And, and, and honestly, I, I'm way more of a Nintendo mark than you because you were talking about, like, the systems. <laughs> I've had every – I have a Wii U sitting right in front of me oh, right now. Oh, you monster. I know, right? And and I'm not kidding. I bought it, I think, the within six months of its release. I have six games. <laughs> that's all you need. That's, that's it. all that's on that thing. And that's all – exactly. <laughs> it's like, give me Mario Kart. Give me Mario. Give me Zelda. Uh, give me a Metroid game, which that's been a little bit uh, hit and miss as of yeah. late. But um, yeah, you're right. It's basically, hey, I'm buying it for like five games, and I'm just gonna accept that. So <laughs> that is. Uh, uh, but you're right. This Zelda game and and then the Mario game all in the same year. Ah, uh, it's just it's it's too hard to pass up. It's so. fun again. It made me buy the console. Uh, and that yeah, that puts seven games on our list. So before you choose yours, let me just remind you, you can only choose two more games. I have one more game to pick. Ooh. So. Uh, Choose wisely. Oh man, I can already see you highlighting something. I can already see you highlighting I'm, what I think. You're I, okay, choose. that's right because we're in the same. Yeah, we're yeah. In the same I'm going Doc. with Red Dead Redemption too. There it is. Um, you know, Rockstar has they do an incredible job of making these open world games because unlike Skyrim, uh, Fall, so I guess the Bethesda <laughs> open world games, um, I don't know. They feel more lived in more like an actual place i mean obviously it's it's a parody of a place you know like los santos and grand theft auto 5 is an absolute parody of los angeles but i don't know it just feels like a place um i feel like i know the streets i know the back roads i don't feel like that when i play through a skyrim like i feel like okay it's a massive forest where am i let me look at my you know, a map so I can find the uh, yeah, you're possible way to get to another location. by user-generated trees instead of trees that someone actually, like, planted. And so the trees that actually grew. Right. Like, that's that's the difference. Exactly. And and with the Rockstar games, everything, they're so meticulous with their open worlds. Uh, I loved the first Red Dead Redemption. I thought the story was beautiful. Uh, one of the better uh, storytelling moments in gaming, quite honestly, I, I thought uh, was the ending of the first Red Dead Redemption. I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar oh, or not, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, the ending of that game was so powerful and, and rarely get those moments. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are games that have told some incredible stories, but that one stood out to me uh, quite a bit. And the, the gameplay was fun. I did enjoy being a cowboy. And given what they were able to do with GTA V, um, especially with the online element, a lot of people didn't care for it, but... Uh, much like you've talked about with Overwatch, which, by the way, is amazing. I so do love good. Overwatch as well. Oh, God. We could talk about Overwatch for days. But, um, you know, what What happened when GTA V came out was uh, the online got going, and uh, a couple of my friends had it, and we played GTA Online for three years. I mean, oh just uh, anytime we would get together to play games, we would do heists, we would do stuff like that. So to to know that there's going to be another game world uh, made by Rockstar that's going to have a similar uh, play style for Red Dead Redemption 2, just a different theme. We're on horseback instead of in cars. I, I mean, I can't wait. I, it's a lot of fun, and I guess more of a personal reason like the, uh, for that there. But uh, overall, they just make really polished, well-made games, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, exploring the 
the old West on a, on a more updated system. So uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, definitely on my list. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, I, I did play through the entirety of the first one, really, really enjoyed it. I even liked the multiplayer back then. There was a certain yeah. fun nature to it that I, that was another game I would like group up with friends and play. Uh, and I, I do like Rockstar games a lot, and I, I like the setting. I like uh, the, the character building in the first game was really interesting where even side characters fascinated me because they were so bizarre and so right. colorful in a certain way where like I I felt like like we mentioned like they were real people who lived in this world other than rather than like we created these people and we plopped them into an open world which has kind of always been my thing with like Bethesda games where like I, the stories don't really grab me and even the way they animate like in like a fallout like they kind of just stand still as you're talking to them and they zooms right. it on their face this weird yeah. uncomfortable way and uh with red dead they just felt like they were actual people that you were uh either helping or killing or doing whatever so um i am fascinated by it i i, I really am looking forward to it uh and i, I keep forgetting it actually is coming out this year because i feel like it just like it just got announced right. but yeah no i think it totally belongs in this list um so i have two games here that I'm going back and forth right. on. Um, oh, okay. So I'm excited. The two games I will say are Pyre by Supergiant Games and then Detroit Becoming Human uh, by Quantic Dream. And let me really quickly make my case for Detroit uh, because I really oddly loved Heavy Rain even though there are these massive story gaping holes. And I loved it too. Weird, like, it sounds like French people trying to do a regular, like, American <laughs> accent. And, like, it, it, it it's... It's weird almost in remember how like there were like those older like Japanese games that got like moved over to the US that it kinda had this odd sense of like, man, this feels really Japanese. Like Right, uh, right. Where it just kinda has this like the 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 fun kind of off nature to it. And like that's what um Heavy Rain was to me. And I actually skipped Beyond. Beyond didn't really interest me as much beyond two souls. Um mm-hmm. but there's something about these weird ass Quantic Dreams games that really grabs me, and I'm fascinated to see what that team does with the PS4. Um, the idea of kind of like what have they learned from making the other games? What are they still gonna have the weird French American thing going on? Like, is this actually gonna feel more cinematic, less cinematic? What are they going for? And I think the reason why I'm actually gonna choose Pyre over this game to add to the list is because uh, this idea of you know, androids of like the of half human or part human, part robot has been tackled a lot recently, especially with something like Westworld. Um, and the problem right. with David Cage is that <laughs> he's has these big ideas, but sometimes I feel like he thinks he's having a novel. You know, he just discovered this idea, and it's been well worn before, and he just doesn't realize it. Like I, I think it was even, even <laughs> right. an interview where he was talking about like. No, here's this idea of like, you know, but are like, just because they have part robot, are they really human? Or like, said it something like that, that just sounded like he was just having the idea for the first time. And we're like, dude, that's always what these games are about. <laughs> right. uh, and that's just something that he's done in the past where these ideas that are supposed to be like, holy shit, or he thinks it's going to be that. It's really not. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not interested in the game. I'm still, it's, it's, it's on my personal top 10. Uh, but there's definitely something about this game that makes me think, like, is this just going to be the weirdness of a Quantic game with a story that is trying to convince you it's novel when in reality it's just the same thing everyone's always done with this and done in multiple right. books and different shows and stuff like that. So I will actually go with Pyre over that. Uh, so I love Supergiant Games. Greg Kasavin has been on this podcast before. I've you know worked with him before. He's, he's an amazing dude. Um, but what I love about you know, unrelated to me actually knowing the people on that team, I just love the style of those games. Bastion is one of my favorite games of the last generation. Um, the look of it, the narrator, the way it played, uh, the actual, like, just writing in that game was really sharp. But I'll admit the transistor didn't really hold my attention in the same way. There was something about the way it played, the slower nature of it. It still had that style and that storytelling and that look that I really liked, but I just... I fell off of it about halfway through, which is a weird thing for me because I thought I was like ready to love that. Similar to how I was ready to love the Switch, I was ready to love Transistor, and I just didn't fall in love with it. Uh, what really gets me about Pyre is that it has been described by people who have played it as an odd mix of Dota and Rocket League. Um, <laughs> and immediately, I'm like, I just need to play that thing because 
again, I've not actually played it. I, I've just seen a lot of videos and stuff. It's it's it seems like there's so there's glowing orb which kind of acts as the ball, and there are two pyres which are kind of like your base in a Dota game where you're trying to destroy the other one by like chipping away at it. Right. Uh, and it seems like these two teams that are like grabbing the ball, chucking it over at the pyre, and uh, that's kind of where that Rocket League aspect comes into it. And there is some multiplayer to it and stuff like that. So if they can create a sports action game that grabs you similar to something like a Rocket League, but has maybe even more depth to it, uh, and still maintains the, the look, the feel, the writing, and the tone of a Bastion, like, that sounds perfect. That sounds like a perfect video game. Um, and that's what I'm looking for. I, there is some concern to me that if they stick to kind of that turn-based nature that was in Transistor, that slower bit to it, where it kind of feels like you have less control than something like Bastion, right. um, with a sports game, which relies on the crazy out-of-control moments that happen in a sports thing. Like, you, you think about Rocket League, and it's about this dude going, you know, head of steam at a ball, it, him getting, like, right. hit in the back, and suddenly he spins out of control, but he still hits the ball, and it still goes barely in the net on the third bounce, and, like... You want that, and if it's if this is a really kind of turn-based thing, it might remove some of that randomness which you want out of a crazy sports game. So, I need to get my hands on it. I guess is the main thing because in theory it sounds amazing, but I can also see like eight ways it could really struggle. Uh, but the look, the, the the themes that they always go for, the writing, I love Super Giant Games and I trust them. And I am going to say Pyre is uh, my last addition to this list. Nice. Yeah, the way you described it. And you know, it's funny, I'm looking at some quotes on their website, and almost everyone is saying, like, you know, weird and beautiful, yep. strange and fun. Like, sign me up for that, too, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff we want. Our you know? theme of this um, list is games that we haven't really played before, which is obvious, but it also is, like, the type of game we haven't really played before. When you look at, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, even if it plays similar to other things, like, the idea feels unique. The idea of Hello Neighbor feels unique. Sea of Thieves, Pyre. So I think that's, that's really, really shown well in Pyre. No, absolutely. And and you know what? Actually, you saying that has is given me uh my my final choice. Oh uh, man. Cuz I I had 3 left and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Uh it was between Metal Gear Survive, which as we both kind of said is sort of one of those I'm not sure if this is going to be a train wreck or going to be great kind of things. Um, it's it's definitely some sort of bastardization of the Metal Gear oh, franchise, really but I almost find that to be fun and interesting. <laughs> like, hey, somebody else taking the wheel. Let's see what crazy stuff they do. Uh, but of the three games I have left, Perception, Ooh. to me, is the most fascinating. So Perception is a game that, uh, it's my understanding, some of the people that had worked on uh, some of the Bioshock games uh, are involved in creating this. Mm. Uh, they were on that team, and now they're sort of on their own uh, deep-end games. Um, this game is all about echolocation. Uh, it is, uh, based on the trailer, I would say sort of falls into that um, narrative horror first-person genre that I guess you would say Resident Evil 7 is going into as well. Uh, however, the difference being you're only seeing everything in the game based on sound. So I don't know what the, the story is of this character. Um, she is sort of narrating as she's walking through in, in the game's trailer, uh, this house that she just found. Um, but every time a, a noise is made, uh, there's sort of a ping of light from that location, and it, it illuminates the surrounding area based on how strong the sound is. Huh. Uh, otherwise the screen is completely black. So she is perceiving this home, this haunted house uh, through these different sounds and uh, the, the trailer, you have to listen to it with headphones because uh, they do a lot of, you know, movement of sound and things like that. And I just remember thinking when I saw this, uh, it's been out for the trailer has been out for some time, uh, I, but I think the game is finally releasing this year. Um, it just really drew me in. I thought, I've never played a game that was based solely on sound. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah, you're getting a visual from the sound, but it's certainly not a visual like you would you would get in any other game. And uh, to see what they can do with that mechanic and sort of play with that, uh, I, I'm really excited to see uh, what they're able to do and, and if it's uh, a fun experience. The trailer hooked me big time. I mean, I, I'll be honest, it was a... 
it, it almost plays as a gameplay trailer. I'm not really sure if it actually was um, 100% gameplay. Who knows? You know, it's hard to say these days with trailers. But uh, if it was 100% signing on for that, and, um, you know, I haven't had a chance to play any VR yet. I'm looking forward to it, though. However, if this game ends up being a VR game, again, oh, yeah. interesting experience. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just... Uh, yeah, you and I are lifelong gamers, and don't get me wrong, I do love playing games that sort of run into traditional genres, but when I see something I haven't seen before, it's fascinating. Yeah. And uh, when you when you talk about team members being on that were uh, part of Bioshock, you know, who knows? I don't know which <laughs> team members those are. Maybe they just fetched coffee. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, whatever the case is, you start mentioning Bioshock, and uh, that's also got my interest. So... I'm looking forward to a really interesting narrative, a great story, fun atmosphere, unique style gameplay, and some jump scares. Uh, so of the ones that were left, that one to me uh, seems to be the most innovative. Yeah, it, it's interesting you bring up Bioshock because I wrote a feature you know, like two or three years ago for a website, uh, I think it was VG247, about kind of how Bioshock 2, that, that team spawned a whole bunch of indie games where it gone home and FTL and a lot of people who were on that project right. ended up making really amazing games on their own. So I, I do feel like there's a pedigree there. And again, it's something I haven't heard of and it's something that you'd have, you know, you have my interest and I love seeing it's such a sequel driven industry. It's such, you know, people are always pining right. for, you know, the next iteration of something they've already played. And there is this big aspect of me. And like you said, after you played games for this long, you, you kind of want to sit down and be like, all right, wow me with something new. Even if you, don't hit all of the notes you're looking for. I just want to see something different. I want to try something that grabs my attention in a different way. And uh, that's the, I think it's a great addition to the list. And again, that's the theme of this list. Uh, and I was, yes. I was I was messing around with this to see if we can actually like number these in a 1 to 10 order. And I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get like an actual conclusion out of this. But I think after this discussion, correct me if I'm wrong... Uh, we probably have a number one that we can both really agree on. Uh, I think so, too. Let me read this list first. So this is the 10. So this is the official 10 games that we are locking in for the 10 most anticipated right. for the two of us for this year. Uh, Perception, Pyre, Sea of Thieves, Resident Evil 7, Super Mario Odyssey, Red Dead Redemption 2, Hello Neighbor, Ukulele, Horizon Zero Dawn, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I think... We can both agree that we are most excited for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in 2017. Yep. Uh, because, like we mentioned, because for me, it's a return to Zelda. For you, you're a Nintendo guy who, like, this is the right. most interesting-looking Zelda game in years. It, it, like we said, it, it combines these aspects of open-world games that you love, and I have some trepidation into actually like jumping fully into a game. But this seems like it's bringing all the elements that we love out of that without changing the core of what zelda is and like all of these this could this could crash and burn who knows but there's still this right for the first <laughs> time it feels like the legend of zelda in a long time is is going for it is going for something different but still you know keeping you around with like hey this is still going to have the similar look the similar type of characters and stuff like that maybe even the same noises when you start a piece of dialogue with a random npc but we want to right. make this something new for you to play on this exciting console. Of course, the Wii U will still have it too, but I'm buying a console for this game, which says a lot. And there's a lot of other games on this list that I'm just so fascinated by. And sometimes there's this weird, I, I hate to reward, you know, a major franchise over like some of these small, interesting games, but I think this is taking enough chances that I am fully okay saying that the number one game on my list right now, which kind of surprised me going into this, but uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. No, absolutely. You nailed it. It is taking chances that, or at least there's a perception of it based on what we've seen so far, that it is. It's it's going a different route. And when you have such a storied franchise, to, to break that formula, especially Nintendo, because, you know, they're not really ones to do so, um, it's just exciting. It, it has that feel like, you know, like you said, it's a new Zelda game, and which yeah. y y you're right. They're not really that exciting anymore. Uh, as much as I love the series and have played through all of them, uh, except, like I said, Skyward Sword, um, you know, I wasn't really that excited about any of those games, uh, minus Wind Waker. Uh, Twilight Princess, I was like, okay, sure. And I played it, and I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but it certainly didn't do anything to me that was innovative or interesting um, in comparison to some of the earlier entries in the series. Skyward Sword, like I said, I just really didn't get into it all. Um, but this does. This feels like, hey, 
we're taking this storied franchise and we're going to try to, and, and, you know, uh, infuse it with more life and, and, and something that it hasn't had before and, and see where it goes. And uh, yeah, I mean, of all this list, that's the one that I'm like, this could end up being like one of my favorite games for all we know, or it could end up being garbage. Who knows? But um, <laughs> it certainly has that, that feel. Um, I, I don't want to give it too much. I don't want to give it no man's sky hype right now. Uh, oh, but God. uh <laughs> oh, oh man, Jesus. oh man. I, I almost <laughs> forgot about that. Why'd you remind I, me? No, no, I had to remind you. I had to remind you. Uh but yeah, I, definitely my most anticipated, without a doubt. Yeah, and it's crazy that we have this comprehensive of a list that we feel this passionately about, and as we record this, it is the fourteenth of January. Like we there's yeah. so many games coming out this year that we have no idea even exist. Like, you know, we're not even close to E three yet. Uh, and like I said, like this, the new Nintendo console is coming out. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming out for that. Even if the launch lineup, it has me very sad because there's not a lot there. But it's this, you know, last year was a really great year for games. Um, it, like it's there was so many things that came out that Overwatch is one of my favorite games of the last five years. Uh, and when you have a game like that come out, it's it's really really nice to see. And I this this year is setting up to be something similar. Um, hopefully it won't come along with the fact that 2016 was a garbage year for like 800 other reasons. Uh, right. I don't know if, is that the balance of the world? Like if a lot of good games come out, like Donald Trump has to be president or something like that. Is that, is that the rule? Like I, there's a weird yin and yang that I think we went a little bit too far in either direction. But, uh, yeah, it's, and we, again, we didn't even talk about the fact that Ghost Recon, Recon Wildlands is coming out. Cuphead is finally coming out, which Lauren Lang yeah. on the podcast has said so many amazing things about below is coming out who the hell knows what Metal Gear survive is going to be like yeah, i know <laughs> there's so many things coming out and so many more indie games that we don't even know about that uh maybe 2017 is just going to be like the best year in games what if we just say that now let's just commit I, to it let's let's commit to it 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. and yeah again like i mentioned before this is the second real year of virtual reality being as big of a thing as it is like is it going to flame out is it going to be way bigger once people really start grabbing onto the psvr like what's that market going to be and scorpio and all these different things uh for honor is coming out at some point too like there's yeah. that game that's out there like is there anything else that you could think of that you want to highlight before we lock this in and say this is all the games we want to talk about because uh we, we as i mentioned mass effect andromeda maybe that's the first time both of us will start on that series uh yeah there's uh, the new South Park game, which that first one was really, really fascinating. Halo Wars 2, mm -hmm. Crackdown 3, Neo, um, new Gran Turismo this year. There's a lot. Is there anything else that stands out? No, you nailed those. The ones you just mentioned were some of the other ones that I, I was somewhat intrigued by. Crackdown yep. 3, uh, Gran Turismo, like you said. So, yeah, there's a there's I'm probably I'm sure there will be some surprises that we didn't anticipate. Um, and some of these will probably end up being not as good as we wanted them to be. But yeah. you're right. This is looking like it's going to shape up to be a pretty awesome year. God, I hope so. I, I, I'm i really into the idea. So, uh, yep, just a quick reminder. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That is our most anticipated game of 2017. Um, a lot of cool things coming out. Uh, if you've listened to this far, thank you so much. Please, if you like this podcast and like what I'm doing, we're going to go back to um, kind of normal game journo talk and stuff like that we're gonna have some games writers on uh next week and the week after i have some really cool guests lined up that i a couple of them i'm like i can't believe this person said yes so there should be some really good uh stuff coming on uh please go to itunes leave a rating leave a review uh if you like it if you hate it just ignore it do not review this please do not give it one star i will not like you um tommy <laughs> what's the uh the best way for people to get a hold of you and here's some of the cool stuff you do uh, thank you so much. I uh, I'm on Twitter at Tommy Toehold. If you want to get a hold of me there, um, we have a podcast, Machito Talk, uh, MMA related. So if you're interested in MMA, we are on every Wednesday and we are on Sundays. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, and uh, we need to have you on again sometime soon. Oh, 100. Uh, it's always fun talking. So we'll definitely get you on again soon to talk some MMA. Uh, and then uh, Tommy Toehold uh, YouTube channel is my. Uh, my primary uh, deal there, my bread and butter, if you will. Uh, and I, I'd say maybe two, three videos a week, and that is youtube.com slash Tommy Toehold. All right, great. Uh, last question for you. Uh, so this is nothing to do with video games. So we know that uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is fighting Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title. And we know that Conor McGregor is having a baby, and who knows when he's going to be back. Prediction right now, who is Conor McGregor's next opponent? Do they force him to fight the winner of that? interim fight 
Does he fight for a welterweight title? Does somehow Nate Diaz come into the picture? Is it going to be fucking Floyd Mayweather? Like, what is your actual prediction <laughs> on who Conor McGregor fights? I don't think it'll be Floyd. I think if it is Tony Ferguson, it's a lot more likely. Yeah. I think if it's a B, uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? You never know if, if it ends up being Nate. I, I Honestly, that wouldn't shock me. Or like um, if it, I, Or, yeah, who knows? You know, a, a welterweight is also a possibility. To me, that's a little less likely, but you never know. I mean, that's the thing about Connor. Constantly unpredictable. I have no idea where he's headed, uh, what, what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think the Floyd thing is going to go down, but um, yeah, who knows what uh, 2017 holds for Conor McGregor. I'm sure it's going to be nuts, whatever it is. What if it's Nick Diaz? If he oh, I'd love that. Oh, God. Or, or even GSP, or maybe, like, I don't know. Anderson Silva was talking shit about Conor McGregor the other day, and there was know, this weird right? moment like a- in my head where I'm like, <laughs> how much weight could Anderson Silva lose? Could he get down to, like, 170? He's done it before. Like, Oh, God. Know. Could you imagine? I, I might put money on Conor McGregor. Like I might, I might actually do that because Silva sold. All right, we'll I'll, we'll save this. Eventually, have me back on the podcast. We'll talk about stupid yes. stuff like this, and we'll have weird fantasy MMA scenarios. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you again so much, Tommy. Uh, this is always fun to do. We'll do this again next year. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully, tune back in for the next episode of the Ten Ninety Nine.